All right. So happy Juneteenth, everyone. And thank you so much for being here today. I am so excited to have this conversation and beyond the conversation because there's been tons of conversations. I am so happy to allow some time at the end to take action and share actionable steps that we can take and honestly just dive in deep to this. Um, so thank you so much for being here. And so without further ado, you know, let me just get into quick housekeeping. You know, we want you to participate as Mariella has alluded to, but I'm sure she will allude to again and she is fantastic at this. Please turn your cameras on. Look, we're all probably a little bit stinky or a little bit funky. I, you know, ever since the beginning of the virtual summit, I haven't showered and that's be very, being very candid and authentic with you. I got lots of dry shampoo up here and um, virtual backgrounds, which cover up lots of frizz. So, you know, if you have any questions or comments throughout this, you can write your messages in the chat box. And if at any point you don't feel comfortable writing to everyone, you can write myself or Mariella anonymously. Um, we want this to be a safe space and for everyone to feel comfortable. Um, so again, thank you for that and creating an atmosphere to do that. And this is being recorded. So this will live live on the Power to Fly site and we will send you a recording so you can pass it on to help, um, help bring awareness to everything going on. Um, and so, Without further ado, I'm gonna pass it over to you, Mariella, and then I have a question for you right after you do your introduction. Awesome. So, hello everyone. I just wanna send love and peace and you know, uh, focus during these times. Um, we are being called to share our voice um, and not just through our physical voice, through our presence and through uh, how we engage with each other. So I just want to say thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedules to be here uh, on this very important day um, that we will dive into in just a little bit. So um, I have coined myself over the several years of just traveling the world and doing whatever I wanted to do to reach my truest self, uh, a Renaissance woman. Uh, and I say that because it's hard for me to just say I do one thing. And I have one of my best friends on the call here and she um, we'll probably share uh, the truth in that. Um, so I do a lot of different things. I, you can't see my octopus arms, but I have them here virtually. Um, and uh, with that said, you know, I, it's, it's hard for me as I travel the world, especially to put myself in a box. Um, I was born in Los Angeles and I'm now living in Argentina. I've been here for the past eight years. Um, and I now consider this my home. Uh, so um, if anyone here is visiting who's not from the States, um, I will definitely be mindful uh, as a lot of this topic is centered around the United States, um, but you know, it affects the world. And, and so I will ask you all to share your perspectives and your voice as well. Um, I am not the spokeswoman. I'm not the spokesperson for blackness. I am black. Uh, I'm proud to be Black, uh, but one of the things that I will say is that it's so important to ask for several different uh, opinions, especially as it relates to the Black experience. Um, I believe that um, people who are not Black also share the Black experience um, because this is collective thought and we do share the same world. So, um, you know, just want to kind of let you all know that I'm not speaking on behalf of a whole race. <laughs> uh, I'm speaking on behalf of what I believe in and I want to share 
some tips and tricks because I know that uh, the way that our working minds uh, kind of drag us into being very productive. Um, as, as my best friend who's on the call uh, today will share, there is no button to end racism. So I can't give you a step one, step two, step three, uh, which is why I wanna say that I am proud to identify as an artist because I feel that we are all born creative beings and I have just been kind of uh, fearlessly uh, and also with fear <laughs> um, approaching myself as an artist ever since I can remember. So that is one uh, way that I am confident in identifying um, uh, in all the ways that I identify, but you know, just in a rooted way, I want to create an active way for us to heal together and to just be our best selves and to shine our light and to gather light in such a time of darkness. So uh, activist, artist, healer is what I put up there just so that, you know, for those of you who need something, uh, you know, firm, that is who I am. And uh, I'm offering a free voice workshop, as in free your voice, uh, because uh, as I have trained over um, my whole life to be a performance artist uh, and to express myself um, as authentically as I can. I realize that that is uh, not something that comes easy to a lot of people. So if anyone feels like in this time, especially or ever, uh, that you want to reach out to me, um, this is a part of the service that I feel like I have to do in these times. So I could keep all of this, uh, you know, richness to myself, uh, which I do, but I also now want to share it with everyone. Uh, whoever is willing to uh, open their voice because as we know based on societal structures uh, and pressures we tend to not speak with our authentic voice um, that is our physical voice that you can hear and also our present voice uh, that you can feel and also our digital voice that we are now exploring now over the years so the voice is very complex and I just wanted to start off by saying that uh, I am here to work with you if you'd like what an introduction and you know we are obviously so grateful and thankful to you that you are willing to you know share your voice with us and spread your light and your creativity and so i am just so so happy to get to have you here to talk about this um and so before we dive into the presentation you know as a white person talking about juneteenth i felt a little bit uncomfortable right um and that's what we're all trying to get to now, right? Being, being comfortable, being uncomfortable, especially as white people and talking about race when we come from a point of privilege. And so, you know, before we dive in, it's, I think this is really important to dive into and posing the question to both yourself and Charday. is it okay for white people to say happy Juneteenth? This isn't our struggle. Um, so I want to pose the question to both of you and have you chime in about that before we dive into this important topic. Sure. Sharda, you got the biggest smile on your face. Looks like you want to say something. <laughs> I love that question. Um, you know, I think that if you all think back to your experiences um, in education, right, and maybe what you were taught in middle school and what you ta were taught in high school, the subject of slavery is one that we kind of like hush hush. It's like, oh, this happened, but then the civil rights movement happened and MLK is so great and everything is beautiful, right? So the answer to your question is absolutely. And we absolutely have to do a better job of acknowledging this part of our history. That part of our history is just as much a part of our history as celebrating, celebrating the 4th of July. And if we really wanna be an inclusive country, we have to include that part of the black experience. So please 
please, everyone you see today, happy Juneteenth, 100% feel confident in, in celebrating such a huge moment in American history where um, the rest of the slaves were truly set free. So yes, absolutely. Thank yes. you for that. Yes, and I agree, Sharday. And I'll just put something actually that my mother shared with me just a couple moments before starting this chat. Um, she said that in her opinion, and this is why I just want to preface and say, you got to just speak to as many people as you can and re-educate yourself and then, you know, really be centered in all of this because it is, uh, it drives a lot of emotion. And so one of the things that we'll talk about today is what do you do with all of this anger and this confusion or this bewilderment and all, all of these emotions that come up that especially in the States, we're taught to kind of like keep that separate and like not really acknowledge that which is probably why we say, oh yeah, this happened. And like, let's move on to like the rainbows and unicorns. And it's easy to like, you know, just send a meme or send a, an emoji and cover it up, especially now. Uh, but my mother proposed uh, to also see it, not so much as a celebration, obviously it is a celebration, but also as a memorial um, to recognize uh, all of the people who have lost their lives uh, and who have fought for essentially uh, human rights um, over an extended period of time. Um, and so now is the time to commemorate that. And so celebrate, have a good time, dance, you know, all of this jazz was created because of the struggle and oppression, you know, so that is gonna be helping you to celebrate with music and things like that and delicious food and all of these things that come from a very dark time and obviously dark times that are still happening right now. So if I would just recommend to kind of, you know, celebrate for sure, but also really be aware of what you're celebrating in the sense that um, there is a lot of tragedy behind this holiday um, and to just not cover it up in the way that we normally would say, because we're, you know, we don't like to talk about uh, things that stir up emotion. So yes, that's what I would say on that. <laughs> Thank you both so much um, for your input there and for, at least for me, making me, me feel more comfortable in approaching this um, and I'm sure other white people who are on the call. Um, and then I just want to shout out that when it hits about 45 of, we're going to stop the conversation. And I imagine there's going to be an imagine, amazing conversation, but just because we want to make the point of taking action. So I'll be watching the clock, but I just want to let everyone know on the call and I will be sharing um petitions and i will be sharing documents in the chat that you can click on so um just want to shout that out and without further ado let's dive right in yes so i have in order to celebrate and honor this day maybe you can see this on camera i have a candle lit um just to acknowledge and show my respect to everyone who is no longer here with us so again i pose the question to reflect on how you can uh honor uh, the people that are no longer here with us and that are continuing to struggle based on systematic oppression. Uh, and with that said, I'd like to just take a moment of silence uh, right now. And Nicole, whenever you are ready, we can move on to the next slide. So in order for us to take this moment of silence, uh, I really recommend that you stop multitasking and be present. Um, and if you can, if you're in a place where you can, root your feet so that you are aware of your connection with the earth, uh, so you feel your gravity. Uh, or you feel the gravity pulling you towards the center. Um, and you can keep your eyes open or closed and you know whatever makes you feel comfortable, but just we're gonna give a couple of seconds um, to reflect and honor um, and have a moment of, of, of peace.
Perfect. Thank you so much for starting with that, Mariela. And I, I did move my feet and put them on the ground to center myself a little bit more. So thank you for that reminder. Yeah, awesome. So I just wanted to, what I would love to start doing with these chats, uh, thank you also Power to Fly for allowing me to share this weekly series of the Black Experience, Lift Every Voice and Act which is a play on words uh, for the Black National Anthem that I will share with you now. If you know, please join along. If not, feel free to read this song that was uh, initially written as a poem, <clears throat> which is uh, something that, uh, you know, I just would also like us to reflect on is that everything isn't so uh, logical, you know, left brain thinking. Um, with creative work, we can bridge our left and right uh, brains to create empathy and understanding and really create some change. So uh, if you know this song, feel free to uh, turn, put yourself on, uh, take yourself off of mute, or you can keep yourself off on mute and sing along, or you can just read the poem um, with me as I sing along. Lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring, ring with the harmony. Of liberty, let our rejoicing rise high as the listening skies. Let it resound long as the rolling sea. Sing a song. Full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the present has brought us. Facing the rising sun of our new day begun, let us march on till victory. Is thank you. Thank you so much for doing that and um, for bringing so much emotion today. Yes, I cried when I was going through these slides, so I hope that you all can cry a little with me and you know laugh a little bit. And really, before we jump into some of the things that we'll talk about today, is um, I want this to be a roundtable discussion. I think that um, while our intentions are good in, in seeking expert advice, I just wanna flag that and say, we are, no one's an expert. We are all humans in this life. We don't know if tomorrow's gonna come. We are figuring it out. Some have a specialty, right? But uh, as I am not an expert in how to be black or how to be human or how to be a woman or how to be you know, whatever else uh, that society often de demands that we check off. Um, I just want to say, please feel free to unmute yourselves at any, at any point. Feel free to share stories. Um, I have a really good friend of mine online uh, who I will ask to share some of her personal stories as well, but I would love to hear from everyone on this call. Um, and just, I want to see a show of hands, uh, how many of you knew, uh, were already familiar uh, with this poem, with this song that is sometimes called uh, the Negro National Anthem or the Black National Anthem. Um, if you wanna, yeah, raise your hand or you can write in the chat. 
I know that. And also, you know, it's okay. Please let embarrassment be gone with the wind, <laughs> play on words, right? Uh, but let embarrassment go out of the window um, and just really bring your authentic self. It's okay if you haven't heard of this. I can also say that I am learning a lot these days because I also went through uh, uh, some of the same educational systems that people in the States have gone through. Uh, and as we know, a lot of history, a lot of our history, when I say our history, I mean the history of humanity, essentially, and, and then especially the history of the United States um, has been left out, right? So I'm not afraid to say that, you know, especially as all of these things are coming to a head, I have to challenge myself to, to investigate. And therefore, I learn more because, you know, um, I'll share a little bit more of my story a little later, but just so that you all know, you know, this is a person that we need to be uh, researching. For example, James Weldon Johnson, um, who wrote this poem um, to uh, celebrate the birthday of, of Abraham Lincoln, uh, who uh, is a very important figure in as far as like politically um, the Emancipation Proclamation. And uh, if there's anyone on the line who is not from the States who might not know um, what, I'm, what I'm saying right now or what I'm speaking about or what I'm referring to, please drop it in the chat. And Nicole, if you can kind of flag that for me, um, we can all share knowledge with each other because one of the things that frustrates me as I travel the world is uh, how Hollywood and the media and marketing and you know, everything paints the picture of the Black experience. So if we can share uh, our opinions, um, you know, with peace and love, obviously, um, and, uh, and anything that we, you know, think is important to research right now, I think that that would be really key in this uh, revolution. So um, the Negro National Anthem, Lift Every Voice and Sing, put it, on your, put it on your forehead if you want during these times. It is really a great anthem for right now. I see Melissa writing in there, beautiful anthem. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Okay, so um, let's move on to the next slide. So I just, uh, I'm sure everyone, the, the beauty of social media right now is that you can put in a nice hashtag and learn about anything you want. Um, obviously, I would say be careful uh, because you wanna make sure that, the, that you are taking information in from very varied sources so that you can then make your own uh, opinions. Um, but this is something that I'm sharing from the Black Lives Matter Global Network um, that speaks specifically about what Juneteenth is, uh, why, it's, was, uh, why we are celebrating or holding this, uh, this day today to commemorate um, a part of our history that has been forgotten. Uh, um, and now we're bringing it back to life. So um, this is the part where I'll be very transparent and say here it says black people have celebrated Juneteenth since the late 1800s. And I will say that um, in the circles that I grew up in, Juneteenth wasn't really celebrated, right? So this is my experience that I can say. Um, it makes me very sad that, I, that it wasn't uh, a celebrated um, or, or an acknowledged even uh, cause. And, and actually when I start to one of the beautiful things about this, these times is that I'm starting to speak more with my mother about certain things that uh, she will say that she hasn't talked about because it stirs up anger or it stirs up a lot of different emotions that you oftentimes don't want to acknowledge. Um, and so, you know, 
now's the time to have those awkward conversations or those really emotional conversations. Um, and, and we'll get into a little bit of what emotional intelligence is like in a minute, but just wanted to put this on the screen so that you all know this is what Juneteenth is representing. Please do uh, educate yourselves and you know, try to have fun with it um, because it is a heavy topic, um, but you know, show it the, 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 the gravity that it deserves, I ask, <laughs> I beg of you. And I actually would love to ask a question here um, for you and anyone else that feels comfortable sharing, um, whether in the chat or coming off of mute, but how do you feel now that this is being so publicized in the light of the murder of George Floyd and, you know, all of these movements by corporations who acknowledge their racist policies or having racist icons um, that represent their brands? How does it feel to celebrate this um, now in the Black community? Not, not as a representative of the Black community, right? But in your personal experience. Does anyone want to share their voice there? I can start us off. You know, for me, I'm a little bit opposite of uh, Mariella in that we did actually celebrate Juneteenth um, growing up. I was actually a Juneteenth scholar many eons ago. Um, so for me, I think this is a really pivotal moment in our history where um, not only are people willing to have these tough conversations, but again, we're willing to look at our history as it is versus trying to create a history that that is not sincere or authentic. And, um, you know, I think something that Mimi touched on that's so important is yes, you know, think about the gravity of what this day means, but also, you know, consider that this really changed um, the trajectory for Black America. And I love that we are in a place with social media and the media for all the things that the media is and isn't. Um, that we can bring awareness and educate um, and and really I hope my hope is to make people more aware of the black experience and what it means to be black in America. So for me, I'm excited. I'm happy to see it. I'm happy to see corporations um, jumping up. I'm happy to see legislation looking to go in place here in the States to honor this as a national holiday. I think it's um, a huge move forward for sure, at least a step in the right direction of awareness. Right. And then I'll go ahead. <laughs> no, please share your voice. No, uh, hi everyone. I'm Lisa out of Atlanta, uh, Georgia. And um, for me, being able to see all of the um, support from corporations and organizations. So to receive all of these emails online, I know when I first got the very first one, I was thinking, oh wow, someone's acknowledging that this struggle exists. And it was a point of inflection actually and it was well received. If we think about the 60s or the civil rights era, I mean, we didn't have the internet. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have the video. We didn't have emails. So the idea of getting emails from all of these top brands, I don't care if it's Nike, McDonald's, Walmart, et cetera, et cetera, Major League Baseball, all of them is a, is a great first step. And not only is it only a great first step, it's also a great second step because they're putting action behind their messaging, which is even better. So um, speaking for myself personally and probably a few other people, it's, it's welcoming and we appreciate all of the support. Thank you, Lisa. I totally, totally vibe with that. Anyone else wanna share their voice on that? I wanna um, 
Yeah, I see this group chat is getting good. So I'm going to, Mimi, do you mind if I step in here? Um, oh, good. And also, if yeah. Charlotte calls me Mimi, that's my nickname. Sorry. It's no, no, don't be sorry. In, ingrained. Um, Mimi, Mariella equals same person. Um, so, you know, I hear this a lot and I, I work, I am one of two leaders in uh, the corporation that I work for. I work in finance, very white, very male dominated organization. So one of few women and one of two um, black women. And I hear this a lot, right? Which is like, cool, you put out a statement, but that doesn't really mean anything. And I really want to challenge you all that it actually does mean something, but the responsibility is on us, the people within the organization to hold whoever is making these statements to it, right? So if I'm an organization and I come out and I say, you know, diversity matters, black lives matter, this is important to me, this is where we stand as an organization, then let me see it in your policy. Let me see it in the way that you treat people. Let me make sure that as a part of your corporate policy moving forward, there's room for DNI. And if I can do that and I can really push that forward, then when we do end up in situations where maybe someone was treated unfavorably, you have a whole different leg to stand on when you, in the event that you have to move forward to court or whatever, right? You, you just have a greater leg to stand on when you push these corporations to act upon the things that they're saying that are important to them. So I agree. Someone said, you know, yes, that's the first step. I agree. The statement is the first step, but it is also on the black people within the organization to hold the organization to whatever statement it is that they've made. And if you've made that statement publicly, then it gives you a whole lot more room to move to get those corporations to make it a part of their corporate policy. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that, Sharday. I'm. I love that you can speak from that perspective of working in real time in the world of finance. And I've seen you work your ass off over the years. Sharday and I actually met in a. How did we meet? It was a diversity summit. Inroads. Does anyone know Inroads? Okay. So when I was living in Atlanta, Sharday and I met in Atlanta before I went to university and, and we met specifically because Inroads was looking for people of color and specifically black people to start joining the workforce, but from um, like uh, the high school or collegiate, you know, uh, start point because Sharday, you also mentioned, and we have some questions later on, but just how important it is to start there started with education instead of expecting uh you know for a recruiter in the sense of you know i can't find black talent i know that was one of the questions that we'll get into a little later but why not just jump into it right now since we're on it um one of the questions was as a recruiter how do i find more black women and black talent um and there's this idea that there isn't any and Sharday, i would love to hear you talk about this because she also worked in that world um which is why i asked her to come on and just like piggyback on some of these questions with me yeah so you know this is a really challenging um question because the and i i really want this to be a conversation so i would encourage you all to think about your own experiences and the you know whether you went to college or where you know whatever your background may be i think about my college and i want to say we had maybe five to eight percent of black students at, at my university if you think about that on a national level right by way of nature, by way of systemic racism, the amount of black talent that you can pull from that have college degrees is smaller than the pool of white talent. So when I have recruiters say to me, 
well, I'm really trying to find black people, but I just can't. It's like, well, you're going to have to look harder, right? Because there's not, we're not graduating from college in the numbers that maybe my white counterparts are. But also as a company and an organization that claims this is something that's important to you, what are you doing with the long-term view? Are you working with colleges and universities? Are you getting involved with the Black cultural centers on campus? Are you working in high schools and really trying to help create curriculum that would enable someone who comes from an inner city or a, a poor school to be able to move into an opportunity like whatever it is that you're trying to fill. This isn't an answer that's a quick, okay, I can go on LinkedIn and if I put in this filter and this filter, boom, I'm going to have a bunch of black people to hire, right? That's not the case. We have to take a much longer view. So in the long term, I would say challenge your organizations to do more than just attempt to recruit. What are you doing to help support the communities that you're, you're trying to recruit from? And then in the shorter term view, I would say work with organizations like Inroads. You know, Mariella and I both uh, were Inroads grads. It's a great organization. They take oftentimes first generation college students, minorities, women. They give you a great background and then put you into a Fortune 500 company internships. You can partner with those that organization at the corporate level, and oftentimes those interns end up moving into uh, full-time positions with the organization that they're in. So short-term view, work with those internship programs that are really focused on building up the Black community. Long-term view, what are you doing to get into the Black community to help create more opportunity along the way? Absolutely. And I know some of the questions that we have later specifically are speaking of like the world of tech, let's say. Um, and I think that, especially in the world of tech, you know, we've got these tech giants building everything essentially on with the same standards uh, that, you know, our society has been built on, uh, which is very one-sided, it's not inclusive at all, and that's very dangerous. Um, and so if you actually go to the next slide, Nicole, I think that if we can focus a little bit more on emotional intelligence, um, that will help us build some bridges and actually make some moves towards uh, really walking the walk of being inclusive in the workplace, uh, if, if that's the goal. Um, and to also just be inclusive in our personal lives. It starts with you and then, you know, what you do on your own will uh, eventually have a butterfly effect, right? So what is emotional intelligence and how can it be used to create awareness and advocate for human rights? So can you all just drop in the chat, what do you think emotional intelligence is if you want to just give like a really nice kind of one sentence definition, I'd love to hear your opinion and then I'll get into a little bit about uh, how we can manifest that into seeing the, being the change that we want to see. And then, so, you know, and I have a question um, listening to all of you speak and the words inclusion and allyship, like these are things that are being thrown around so much now, right? And everyone's like, I'm an ally because I believe Black Lives Matter and I've done the hashtag and I've posted on Twitter and I've shared the resources. I would love if you could dive into what that means for you. What does this mean for our organizations? And it maybe it's after this, but I think that this is something so important to bring up. And I feel like a lot of people are just smacking the words allyship onto things so that they can bring in people, especially white people, who may be taking part in performative allyship instead of taking actionable steps. Um, so that's a big question as well. But um, if we could dive into that a little bit afterwards, I know I find myself in that crossroads. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I would say we don't need to talk about it later. We can dive into it right now because that's completely has to do with emotional intelligence. If you're just slapping allyship or slapping inclusion and diversity or slapping the hashtag on for the sake of, you know, it sounds nice and yes, it should be like that. And that's very like mental work. Um, and I would argue that we have become a uh, society that really functions too much in the mind to where uh, it's actually to our detriment. Um, and so if we could just connect body and mind and have more of a holistic approach to life in general, and obviously then that will affect the way that we work and the way that we want to build our future and our, and, you know, rearrange the present. Um, so someone here has written, I'm just going to flag some of these things that you've said for emotional intelligence. So I'm not too sure, but the ability to understand how others feel, Emotional intelligence is adopting a growth mindset. Uh, someone else says empathy, respect, openness. Uh, someone else here says being able to empathize with people and knowing how to recognize when someone is uncomfortable or in need of help support. Someone else says an awareness of other people's current emotions and my own in any given context so we can help understand the way others and ourselves are reacting and what might cause us to have certain kinds of reactions. Awesome. Uh, someone else here, awareness, empathy, and being open to different perspectives. Someone else here, it's the ability and I'd argue privilege to empathize and attempt to understand the complexity of human emotion. Great. So all of these are correct, um, except one that I wanted to, okay, flag, adopting a growth mindset. That's very like left brain logical. What is emotional intelligence? Emotional intelligence is developing a growth mindset, right? That's what you eventually arrive to. Um, but I will definitely say right on to everyone who is saying, being in touch with your sensitivity uh, which I know for, for sure in the States, at least I can speak that um, there aren't many circles unless you specifically look to find you know, a place where you can express yourself authentically, um, especially with men and especially with black men uh, who have to shelter their sensitivity and their emotions in order to protect themselves essentially because society isn't really supporting that, right? So emotional intelligence in a nutshell is being yourself being with yourself and listening to yourself and feeling what you feel and like being with that right so what does that mean probably being on the computer less probably being on your phone less probably speaking less you know i feel like right now we're like the talking heads like if, if we could just get the talking heads to just like play our revolution song like everyone is in their mind, everyone thinks they're an expert, everyone's speaking, and really it makes me sick, to be quite frank. And I just think that if we can just challenge ourselves to listen first to ourselves and then listen to other people, because this is, again, something that you can't just press a button and then have a racism end, right? It's gonna take some inner work and then it's gonna have a butterfly effect on everything around us. So. Emotional intelligence, um, if you go to the next slide, I'll put up a quick example of emotional intelligence. So we started off by uh, singing the, the Black National Anthem. Uh, so now I just want to go over a part of the National Anthem that is actually not really recited so often. And I think that if you were to recite this or if you were to look at this and you would sit with yourself, listen to yourself, see how it feels, 
let's just do that now. And then at the end, I'll pose a question. So this is actually a part of the national anthem of the United States. For those of you who are not from the United States, I would also love to hear your opinion. Their blood has washed out their foul footsteps pollution. No refuge could save the earling and slave from the terror of flight or the gloom of the grave. And the star-spangled banner in triumph doth wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. So if we use emotional intelligence while reading this, we would probably feel, or at least I feel like, whoa, what is that, right? And, and if you can sit with yourself and feel that response, you probably would want to take some action towards saying, hey, you know, maybe I'll just sit this one out. Or maybe I will ask someone to change these lines now that we live in 2020, you know, or maybe I would, you know, so these are some of the things, these are some of the more provocative ways that we can start to expect change and, and be the change that we want to see. We can't just say, yeah, you know, talking, talking, talking and this and check, check, check. It's like, read, read and, and sit with yourself and really reflect. Reflection is a big part of emotional intelligence. And so, I just really challenge everyone, I guess, if I can just say on this, on this holiday uh, of Juneteenth, if we can just really put some more reflection time in our day, and I'm saying this to everyone, like schedule it, put it in your Google calendar, because I know that we all work like that super fast, everything's going in fast motion, and then we expect change, but then why would change come when we're moving so quickly and we're not connected to our emotional intelligence, right? Um, so I know I'm speaking a lot and the chat is blowing up. So um, I'll, Nicole, if you want to take the mic and let me know what to do next. Oh my gosh. Yeah, sorry. I just don't want to interject because I'm loving what you're saying. And I, this is really so much about you and everyone on this call. But, you know, Meg said in here that Americans in general are not good at sitting in their feelings. We're always trying to get better as fast as possible instead of thinking about what those feelings mean and dealing with the causes. And I think this is so interesting and important because, Mariela, I'm sure you can share in this, but living in Buenos Aires, Argentina, you know, <laughs> everyone has a psychologist and it is super normal to have a psychologist. And it's almost weird if you don't have one, it's not taboo like in the States. Right. And so I can totally see this and see the difference here. You know, um, I think in America, we're just so used to a, like a quick fix. So when the TV breaks, let me not try to fix it. Let me just buy a new one because one, it's cheaper. And two, who has the time to sit there and try to understand what's broken with it? And I think this seeps out into the rest of our community, right? And the way we communicate, like you're saying, and, you know, as Meg is highlighting so, so graciously here. And, you know, there's tons of people who are agreeing and Melina, I agree. That's also why I haven't been talking so much. I've been filling up with tears in my eyes um, with everything that we've been talking about. Um, and yes, let's cry. But um, I, I think you're touching on so many great points and I am echoing Milena's uh, message in the chat that I'm so grateful you're here today as well. Um, thank God that I have off today in observance of Juneteenth because I don't think I could work after this because I am feeling very emotional. So with that, um, I'm gonna stop because I'm literally on the verge of tears. Uh, thank you everyone for letting me be so vulnerable and authentic um, on today's chat. So I, I'm gonna stop and take a drink of water. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. This is a part of emotional intelligence, right? Like crying is actually healthy, right? And I would just recommend to like also calendar some crying time for yourself if you can, because 
things move and things shift within you when that happens. Um, and, and yes, so thank you for, for, for sharing that, Nicole. And, um, and then I just want to say, if just to bring this back to the way that we work, because, you know, you have to make, you have to work to make a living. And if the work isn't, or if the workplace isn't really offering space for you to be connected to your emotional intelligence, then you have to look out for yourself and you have to do that. Or you can speak up and ask for, for that time um, and, and, you know, share that how valuable it is for you and the way that you, you know, work and need to progress and do your best. Um, and then, yeah, just to also hold everyone accountable. I know that Shardy mentioned uh, the, the responsibility of the Black employee to make sure that the leaders are holding true to all of these, you know, emails that are coming out saying how responsive they're going to be. And what I will say is, and I don't want to sound jaded at all, because I agree with everything that Lisa said um, in her response to how she's, you know, all of a sudden getting all these emails from different corporations and companies um, calling themselves out and reflecting on how they want to be better. And I would just say that because of the way that history has been in the world, uh, we know that our attention span is like this. So I just really challenge everyone to not let this be another moment of, okay, cool, yeah, it's Juneteenth and, you know, people are getting murdered and this is really unfair and we're going to do all these things and then, you know, have another something take our, our attention off of it and that will never be nurtured. So I would just say to please try to make this become a daily or weekly, but definitely with frequency habit of checking in and really seeing if you are being inclusive. And I, I don't even want to use the word inclusive. I'll say holistic because holistic automatically uh, includes uh, every, every being in, in this respect. It's, it doesn't say that, oh, okay, yeah, you're good, but like this isn't really what I want to do right now, right? It, it, it listens and it, and it accepts voices uh, no matter where voices are coming from. And I also want to just flag and say, that I know we're running out of time right now, but um, because I have lived outside of the States for so long, um, some of my idols uh, are Josephine Baker, James Baldwin, you know, these, these uh, activists and these artists who uh, were living in really hard times in the States um, uh, based on their skin color, they weren't allowed to fully express themselves. And so they went to places like France and they went to places like England that wanted to hear about uh, their opinions and see their work without any bias or well with bias but from another perspective that's a whole nother topic but um because i've lived outside of the states if you notice i don't even say america because uh i live in south america and um the idea of calling a group of states the america really makes me uncomfortable especially and i will say that it makes me uncomfortable because as i started to travel the world uh, and especially in South America, people would ask me, well, well, why is this is America too? These are the Americas. Why is America only the United States of America? So I just want to like throw that out and please research and educate yourself on that as well. Obviously say whatever makes you feel comfortable. But I think that if we want to be the change that we want to see, language is important. And the more that we build these walls with language, excluding people, uh, and, and really, you know, kind of like doing this power hungry thing of who is the most superior or who has the most money or who has the most intellect or whatever, um, that that is definitely going to like, you know, 
be be the the cause of all of our anguish. So um, I'll say that quickly, and I know that we have to take some action now, right, Nicole? <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you for bringing that up. And Lucy said uh, great perspective, and you know I can share that as well. As, although I did say America um, before, but. I do share in that. And that was something that was brought to my attention having come down here. And I did have people say, you know, I would say I'm American and they would be like, okay, well, so am I. So what do you mean you're American? Um, and so that is really important. And now I'm really excited because we are going to take action and we're going to take action together. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to drop this link in the chat. And so you will be able to click on it. And what we're going to do is when you have it open, um, it might redirect you. So you just have to clip it, click the top link again. Um, that's what I had to do. When you have it open, um, you can drop a one in the chat so that we know everyone's on the same page. And then we will direct you where to go from there. But I'm really, really excited that we're doing this. Perfect. I see some ones in the chat. Fantastic. I'm just going to let a couple more people drop a one in there. Um, and so I'm, I'm just gonna, you know, um, actually, Mariella, if you want to just walk us through this a little bit, and I'll scroll down to where we want to go. Um, and then we can go from there. Absolutely. So I know that uh, we are being flooded in our email boxes and on our social medias about like, what to do. Um, and again, I would just say, make sure that you are always approaching things from your center of gravity and not from your mind. So uh, obviously that means being in touch with your emotional intelligence to connect with these causes. Um, and I'm just sharing this checklist, uh, solidarity checklist. Um, there's also some petitions at the bottom that we're going to walk through step by step. Um, and you have this available to use to find resources, to follow different people on social media. If you want to scroll through as I'm saying this, Lauren, so they can, uh, sorry, Nicole, so they can see. Um, so. It's really you know, in depth and I love that people are coming up with this. This is what I do. This is the personal research that I'm doing. And you know, this is what I recommend. So I know that I have a bunch bookmarked on my phone and this is just one that we'll share in this chat. Um, and let's just go to the first um, petition to sign. And I believe that if you are not in the States, you can still sign this petition, uh, but let me know if for some reason you can't. Perfect. Um, so what we're going to do is, you know, when you, uh, as you're scrolling down, you won't see far down that they have the petitions. So what we're going to do is we're all going to click them. Um, so, you know, you'll click the first link um, and then it'll, oh, here you will have to redirect. I already have it open. So I'm just going to hit back, but um, you'll just open them. And so when you have all three open, you can also, I hope you can see this, but if you let, right, right click. Um, you can hit open link in a new window and it should pull it up um, as I have it here. So when you do have those open, let me know. And we're going to start with the first one, the justice for George Floyd. Um, just drop a one in the chat when you have it open and then I'm going to head right over there. Um, and then Mariella will just take us through this. So I'll wait till we see some ones in the chat. Perfect. I see some ones being dropped. Awesome. You don't know how happy that this is making me. Um, thank you. Really, yeah. thank you everyone. And I know this might seem really like elementary to walk through together, but really I think that this is key to like, not just say, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it later or whatever, you know, like, sure, I'm really interested, but then you get so busy. So it's like, let's really uh, be present and be intentional and we're gonna walk through this together. So as you have it open on your phone or on your computer, 
um, you're going to sign this petition that uh, that includes just putting your first name, your last name, your email address. And then one of the things that I love that's happening now with social media, if we think about the civil rights movement or we think about slavery times, you know, they did not have this tool that we have to communicate and to share, you know, our voice and lift voices up. So uh, if you look at the bottom where it says, would you be willing to make a 30 second video uh, calling for these officers to be charged with, with murder? Uh, we'll use the videos on social media to create public pressure and send it back to you to share. So that's really interesting and beautiful. I love that, you know, they're doing this and stepping up in that way. So um, please feel free to, to um, fill out and then hit send. Perfect. So we signed our first one. Uh, let's see if that went through. Perfect. All right. So that's been, oh, send an email now. It says you're almost done. Oh, sorry about that. The chat blew up. Um, you're almost done. So multiply. So you can send this to a friend. I'm not going to do this right now, um, just so that we have time to sign the other ones. But one you've signed, how about we all drop an exclamation point in the chat? Because this is exciting and this is a step towards racial equality. Um, a small step, but it is a step. There's a lot to do. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, but it is a step. And um, so that's exciting. Perfect. So we've done that now. Um, all right. And so Mariella, how about you take us through, we have this second petition. Um, and if you have, when you've got that, oh, Megan's ahead of us. She signed all three and donated to Black Lives Matter. Thank you, Megan. All right. Okay. And so, um, for everyone that hasn't yet, um, how about we go to number two so you can find that again. Um, it's right under the George Floyd petition, justice for Breonna Taylor. Um, and so I'm going to click over there. And if you can just talk us through that, Mariella, I would love that. Yeah, totally. So um, if let me open it up on my phone as well so I can read through because I don't want you all signing anything that you don't agree with or don't believe in. But um, I vetted this before sharing it, obviously. So. Um, and also this was sent to me by a friend who just finished studying at uh, UPenn, University of Pennsylvania. Uh, she studied global studies focusing on storytelling uh, to cultivate empathy. So um, with that said, let me just open this up on my phone and then read it for you here. And also, I know that we have some folks who are not from the States. And so I would just recommend reading through this uh, doc and, and, and understanding why we're signing these petitions and understanding uh, the crimes against humanity that are being committed uh, on the regular um, and that have been for generations. And you know, I want to show something out really important that Emily dropped in the chat. Be sure to take advantage of any matching programs your employer does. Viacom CBS matches to BLM, so I donated through them. Thank you for mentioning that, Emily. And Lucic, shout out. I love doing this together. No excuses for why not have signed. I'm going to be really honest with you and say I haven't signed one. And so, you know, that's why this was so important to me. Um, because I haven't signed one and I want to be honest with you and say that I didn't want to sign one. But as Mariella is saying, we get so busy in our day-to-day -day lives. I've had a document reserved with petitions to sign. And so, you know, it's okay. Let's do this together now and let's be, you know, authentic and let's take responsibility for the things we haven't done. And that's okay. It's getting comfortable with being uncomfortable and moving forward. And it's not about 
the past, right? And focusing on, oh my God, I haven't done this. It's okay, what are you doing now? What are we gonna do now to make this better? And so at Power to Fly, we're gonna have these chats weekly where we're taking action and signing petitions and sharing resources. And so I just want to put that out there because I haven't held up my part of the bargain either, which is why it was so important to me that we do these things. Um, and so I just wanna share Great. and be Thank you, Yes, you're the best. So we have five more minutes left. So let's go to the next one. I'm not going to read what's on here. You all can read that for yourselves when you open them up or you can reflect on, the, on them a little later. Um, so this one is the third petition to defund the police. Um, of and course, read you, before you, sorry. Oh, sorry, Marilla. Uh, can you just talk a little bit about the difference between defunding the police and abolishing the police? Because I see this coming up a lot where people are feeling like saying defund the police is equivalent to abolishing the police? I think that it would be unrealistic to think that right now we could ever abolish a policing system right now. Um, just because of the whole, the way that society is structured. Like the policing system is one of the legs that's, that holds up our society. Uh, and I think that right now, as far as defunding the police, it's shining a light on how privileged uh, the policing world is in that they aren't being reprimanded. They aren't being trained really to the, to the, with empathy and with emotional intelligence. Um, and it's, it's just taking back a part of something that is so driving as money, let's say, and putting that somewhere else. Uh, I don't know if anyone else has something to say. I see some people dropping in the chat. So I'll just read it here. Defund is taking some of the money that goes to policing and sharing it with other places like mental health support education. Exactly. That's what exactly what I was saying. Um, a police officer should be called a peace officer. Sim yeah, I love that. Simple yet profound switch. Love that. Maybe we can start a petition for that. Um, but yeah, I feel like uh, just over the years, you know, things have been lost in the sauce as far as how to govern people and how to make sure people are well. Uh, I think that a lot of our wellness needs to be checked. Um, and unfortunately, in the States, when you talk about mental health, uh, people cringe and they don't want to speak to professionals or they don't want to do the work on their own. Um, and for me, that's very unfortunate because this is a this is totally a mental health crisis. The fact that you would allow race to determine how you treat people, um, it is a psychosis. It is a psychological thing that we need to work on. And, and there are several ways to do it. Um, and I just know as an artist, bringing emotional intelligence helps me uh, do that. So um, yeah, thank you for asking that question, Nicole. And if anyone else has anything to share, that would, it would be nice to hear your voice as well. Perfect. They've got, I've got some people sharing um, police are not social workers. Let's give money to social workers. Policing is rooted in aggression. So undertrained, overfunded, ill-equipped humans with systematically built-in biases are running the world, running around. Um, so thank you so much. And thank you so much, everyone who participated, turning on your cameras, writing in the chat, signing these petitions, having this document, showing up today. Um, I can't express how much it means to me. Um, so thank you. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much, Powerful 
to fly for letting us have this platform and allowing us to connect and take action and make these actionable steps. I haven't been perfect and I want to be better. And that's the, that's the first starting point, I think, as a white person looking at this and saying how we can be better. Um, so I'm going to stop there and we have just a couple minutes left. So Mary Ellen, I'm going to throw it back to you and we can just talk about this document and you can just run through this really quickly. And then um, we will let everyone go on this wonderful Juneteenth. Yes, I just want to say thanks to everyone for, for taking the time out of your day to, to share time with us. Um, this will be a regular happening where we, you know, talk about this and then we take action together because again, it's good to do it together because maybe time gets the best of us and we don't do it, but we have the best of intentions. So realistically, you know, I'm happy that Power to Fly asked uh, me to join you all in this. So um, this checklist, Solidarity Checklist, the websites, the social media that you can follow, uh, the resources uh, that it speaks about, how to give, how to support your city, how to uh, educate yourself. Um, this is all, you know, one, one way to do things, right? And so I would also recommend that you start your own Google Doc and, and as you research, kind of like highlight the ones that you have donated to or that you have supported so that you can keep yourself on track and then share that with your friends and family as well. So um, I know that we're at time now and I just wanna say, you know, again, to celebrate today with integrity uh, and with love and peace, I would challenge everyone to find some time in your day to reflect on all of the lives that have been lost uh, and all of the people that have and are fighting uh, for human rights um, and figure out how you can do that. And, and really, I think that one way to start is to just get in touch with your emotional intelligence uh, and try to practice that on your own uh, and be more of a listener and less of a talker so that you can hear different voices and then start to lift those voices up. So again, I started by saying I lit a candle today uh, just to acknowledge all of my ancestors and all of everyone who has fought for this cause, um, which is to keep people happy, safe, and sound. Uh, as, as I said, no one is an expert. We are all figuring out how to live life and we don't know if tomorrow is gonna come. So how dare anyone tell us how we should live our lives and how dare anyone try to take our lives from us. So with that said, I just wanna say, I'm surprised that it started right now for me to cry, but um, thank you so much for, for sharing time. Um, and I really just encourage everyone to share their voice. Thank you. Okay, now you got me crying. So uh, thank you so much to everyone on the line. We will be doing this weekly. Um, I'm not gonna post anything today, but next week we will have the next one. Um, so thank you so much to you, Mariella, to Charday, for everyone on here for sharing this. I'm so glad I don't have to work today um, because I can't anymore. So um, thank you. And I will include this resource in the follow-up email so that you can pass it on um, and share. And I will share the recording as well. So thank you so yes. much. Um, Thank you all. Thank you for having me, uh, Mariella, Nicole. It was great chatting with all of you. And thank you all for being open. Um, I want to leave you all with just a little piece of advice, which is, you know, we all have implicit bias. We all have certain things that happen within us. And I think the most, if there's one thing you can take from this conversation, it's really creating room for stillness in your life so you can address it. And if you address it, it creates the space for change. Um, so thank you all for this platform and have an amazing Juneteenth. <laughs>